This is Savage Tales, the Wrestle Savage podcast. I am your host, Elliot, and this is the guy who cannot do any intros, Rad. Hi, my name's Ted. Ah, oh, fuck. No, my name's Rad. See, I, I knew you can trust me, dude. Nah. See, even I can't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both need some practice. I think we actually need to write down a script for what our intro is going to be rather than trying to wing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could. Uh, I write a whole script down for it next week. I'm on it, sir. <laughs> what was it last week? Uh, Strange tales. Strange tales. I mean, we did have some of those. Yeah, we did, and I mean, like, it's not my fault. I used to read Strange Tales comic all the time, all so, the time. You know, actually, before we start the podcast, there's a quick tale for you, a Strange Tale. So, yeah. I learned everything I know about um, older comic books, as in comic books that were written in the seventies from yeah. my local comic book dude he was like he wouldn't let anyone touch the comics but he also wasn't at the comic store all the time and his mum would kind of man the place and help him out um and she would let me sit behind the counter and read the comics and she would like open all the old ones for me and make me wear these gloves like these white gloves and i would read all the old comics oh, nice. on, on the desk there one time he busted me and like he kind of knew so i don't think he was mean like too mean but like yeah that's how i got to read hates old silver and gold age <laughs> Marvel when I was really young. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I think we're going to talk about what everyone uh, watched last night. Oh, yes. The, uh, the uh, atrocious rumble, let's just say. Is that what everyone's calling it? The atrocious rumble? I'd say so. I'd say that's the word. I don't want to be negative, but my God, I was bored by that. What did you watch? Your thoughts. How much of the rumble did you watch? <laughs> All of it. Well, oh. there were some good parts, but, you know, it was nothing special to me. So I had uh, a friend over and yeah. we made fried chicken and chips. And, um, you know, Your it was just... specialty? Yeah, it has become the specialty awesome. of this household. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. That would have made watching the Rumble better, actually. Yeah, yeah. So we had the, you know, delicious <laughs> fresh out of the fryer fucking way better than KFC fried chicken, you know. Um, not giving my rest away, recipe away to the to the Savage Tales fan base, you know. So, all three of you, if you start hassling me, whew, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, basically, I kind of watched it, and then I watched like you know with an eye because I was making food, I was sort of assisting uh, with making food, and then um, I. Basically, I got so fascinated by Pete Rosenberg in the pre-show who had like one side of his beard was long and like crooked and the other side was like short and well-kept and then he had like a bigger goatee in the middle and he kept turning his head and um, I have hilarious footage I just filmed of it uh, and I was calling him <laughs> I was calling him Rosenbeard and really thoroughly enjoying all the cosplay wrestling fans um, in the background like, you know, Papa Shango and, and whatnot during the pre-show and then fascinated by the fact that they just all talked and mumbled on like really just like nobody seemed enthusiastic at all about the rumble which like got me hyped because i was making fun of it and enjoying it so much um (laughs) booker t looked like um the lion from uh the wizard of oz he like he's got this big beard and he's got his mustache. He's like twirled his mustache and like it's going up in spikes on the side. So I was finally just like, and I'm like, he's there, just like this is how you do a beard, Rosenberg, you know, just just enjoying 
the the that that kind of put them up, fun. Rosenberg. Put them up. Yeah, I was just enjoying, <laughs> just having fun with with watching that, and then yeah, I was cooking. Um, but I watched the women's Royal Rumble, and yeah, you know, I actually really enjoyed that. It was kind of kind of flowed well. It was fun. Rousey coming okay. back was was cool. I don't know. I just like enjoyed that for what it was. Cause I mean, look, I don't watch heaps of wrestling and rumble is at the point where I judge whether or not I'll pay attention until WrestleMania and give them that chance. Yep. Same. And there was a lot of people in the crowd that looked like that. You see all the young kids and like, it's a younger audience go to the rumble, you know, older people who have fallen out of love with wrestling and like, Maybe my kids will get it these days. I don't get it anymore, but like they want to go down there and they dress their kids as Hogan and, and Macho or whatever, or encourage their kids to do it, you know. Well, maybe they want to do it too because they're badasses, but like that was more uh, the general the vibe of that. And like the yeah. um, Miz, and, Miz and Maurice and that, that mixed tag match, I thought again, just like a, I felt like that probably could have opened the show. Yeah. Um, but then you, you don't put guys that have been in the business that long and guys like Edge has had his big comeback and enjoying his moment and also enjoying his moment with his wife. And that's a good kind of, I don't know, good kind of position for guys like that. I just felt that with that, the, the, the mixed tag element, it kind of downgraded it a little somehow. Cause I was, I was surprised. I thought it was earlier in the card. Cause I, I tuned in just before, um, Lashley and Brock, um, Mm. And I was surprised that was afterwards. I thought it was going to be the Rumble straight after, but I was like, "Oh, it's on now." Okay, but I I didn't mind it. I thought it was okay. Well, basically, I sat there with my friend and I just looked at him and I was like, "Well, Brock loses the belt tonight because obviously Brock yeah. wasn't supposed to get the belt. He was supposed to get it off Reigns, and Reigns got sick and they couldn't do it. So they yeah. just they and like, what what does it cost them to be able to go? Bobby Lashley is a two time champion and. A lot of people are reporting that WWE have no idea what they're doing, but it's like with, with WrestleMania, but at the same time, like they just set up a triple main event with Reigns, Bobby, and and Lesnar for like all the all the box. What are you talking about? Like if they're getting out there, the feeders that we don't know what we're doing, the fuck with you, idiots. So you can go on a roller coaster ride of your life that you'll all admit that you'll all later be like, oh, I called it when you didn't. Um, <laughs> I liked all the elements of the rumble. And like, I, I liked the idea of like every now and then the WWE tank a rumble, they just tank one. They do one that kind of stinks. And like, yeah. it gives you a lot of like, Oh, I knew that would happen. Like that kind of stuff. And then they, they start showing you why you should care. And they do that good mania. And that, that hasn't happened in a while. And that's kind of what I was seeing develop in the rumble. I wouldn't say it was the best. And it's definitely not the worst. I fucking love Brock Lesnar. I fucking love that Lashley beat him. I love that there was a screwy Roman Reigns spear to continue that because we all know he had to go back to that anyway. It's a great yeah. tease of, and it's, they measure the fucking WWE is so smart. Vince is sitting there and goes, How pissed off were they that we didn't give them the two belt story? And they're like, Very certain. He's like, Ha ha, wait till they see me. And you're like, He knows what the fuck he's doing still, even at his age. Like, yeah. if, you, if you don't think, like, Lots of things are screwy there. There's too many writers and like too many chefs in the kitchen, and there's there's, there's lots of screwy things. But that the road to mania from Rumble is usually quite clear, and it it, it is now. Yeah. Whatever they do well. next, it's it's interesting. And Bobby has bragging rights, so Lesnar has a reason to go fight him again. He's got a reason to fight Reigns when he and he'll beat Reigns for the title. That'll be a good a good path forward, I, I think. So I didn't hate it, and yeah. Um, when I said to my friend, I was like, you know, Bobby, Bobby's getting the belt back. And then 
he just goes, oh, cool, and Lesnar will be in the Rumble. And I immediately was like, yeah, he'll probably come in last, but wouldn't it be cool if he loses the match and he refuses to leave and he's, like, just tearing shit up and they have to start the Rumble and he just keeps killing dudes and throwing them out? Yeah. And they're like, well, well, fuck, the Beast just went crazy. And then he's like, you know, I don't want to wait. I want Lashley now. And then Lashley comes out and they're all trying to hold him back. And all the beat-up jobber dudes that fucking Lesnar just murdered, all the surprises that Lesnar just murdered and everyone was booing the crap out of. You know, they do all like they do all that. That would have been cool because, like, I would love to see the beast unhinged like that, and that's when Brock Lesnar's at his best. And I think Heyman screwing him, he should have had a bigger, crazier, more insane reaction to. I would like to see him be really like, you know, the beast versus the bloodline. You know, the the mind and and the the you know the tribal chief versus the the real beast, the beast unhinged. I think yeah, well, missed... um, sorry to cut you short, but I'd prefer to see Brock versus Wee Man. I'd like to like that. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Yeah. That's that true, the, actually. That, that, that was the main was event the, for me. The main event for the Royal Rumble weekend. Okay. Yeah. So Watching for, Brock slam Wee Man through that fucking table. So for those um, 17,000 fans that we get listening in each week, you probably already know, Brock Lesnar slammed Wee Man on a, on a table and like pretty much on a glass um, at a hotel before... <laughs> Before the I rumble, think it was a restaurant table. I'm yeah, sure. a restaurant table. You know, <laughs> imagine, being, imagine being security and the manager's friends over and he's like, "Could you tell those guys to stop?" I'm like, so that's Brock Lesnar and Johnny Knoxville. Uh no. <laughs> you had to know what was going to be happening if you were sitting there. You, you, if you were like, and that's another like patron in the restaurant, you could not like be there and just be like, "Okay, nothing's going to happen here tonight." <laughs> 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 Could you imagine you're just sitting there, just you know, you're eating your seven hundred dollar nachos or whatever in that restaurant, and then, then you look up and like Brock Lesnar just made a beeline towards the jackass guys that have been hitting each other's with tasers and <laughs> knocking each other out of their seats the whole night. Shit just got interesting. Just pull your phone out. Hi TikTok. This is Brendan ninety in a West Brendo. As my TikTok followers know me, I'm here. Some shit's about to go down. Just films Wee Man getting slammed through a table. <laughs> like, you know that shit's happening. <sighs> that was there. That was actually amazing. I wish that that was the actual Rumble hype for the Rumble. They were like, you know, they were airing that and pushing it, like paid advertisements on, <laughs> on everything. And it was like, what's going to happen? There was an altercation. Because, <laughs> okay, let's go back in time real quick. I love looking at things through the lens of how we could have done it better. Yeah. In wrestling, let's get back in time and pretend kayfabe exists and fucking it gets out that fucking Brock Lesnar was partying with jackass guys and he slams Wee Man through a table at a restaurant. Can you imagine the reports of that on the, the, the fucking <laughs> call the hotline and all that kind of shit? Like they turn that into a, a fucking angle and then in yeah. the morning, in the morning, the boys would be like, all like, oh my God, they heard about this and they'd be freaking out. Brock just beat the shit out of all the jackass guys. So, hey, this is what happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that would have been fucking amazing if I'm hyped to have that because I actually also like the Knoxville shit like I felt like yeah. it was kind of funny and like it, he did better than Drew Carey and all those other guys he's now the best celebrity in the Royal Rumble um, for sure yeah that was that was good yeah but like, there's, there's like been some other more um, short stories too oh man yeah I heard I you mean, I mean I, I wish that I wish he'd got slammed through the table instead that Peter Dinklage guy Go Maybe that's going to happen culture. soon. I think that's going to happen soon. Uh, it's pretty dopey of him to get so grumpy over it. 
Oh, man. Like, even you Hornswoggle know, called him out on it. Too. Yeah, he said he had a short temper or something, didn't he? It's <laughs> <laughs> a little issue. <laughs> he has a little issue. So what did Swoggle say? I think you're being a little selfish, mate. Taking all the roles. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you didn't want him to take oh. the roles, they shouldn't have put him on the lower table. Hell. We're gonna get thrown off the air. <laughs> this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be the the, the fucking oh, um, fuck. this will be the end of it. You know what? Uh, if, she... if if our if our midget sponsor LPG hears this, <laughs> we may be thrown off the air because you know we all know that he's he's a short person. We probably should have cleared this before before we started running this. Man, LPG, if you're listening, uh, we'll do twenty five percent off your sponsorship next week. If you don't want to throw us off the air, just uh, <laughs> let us know. Shall we chuck ECW on? <laughs> no, I refuse to. No, let's chuck on some ECW. Unless you want to hear about what I've been watching this week, but like we'll be yeah, here forever. We could, yeah, we can talk about that. Oh, okay. Legitimately? Because yeah, that'd be fantastic. Well, well, <clears throat> well, in my surprise, I don't have anything prepared. Yet, so. Yeah, well, Arnie was running a little late. Turns out the fuel's really expensive now for his jet-propelled Hummer. Um, so, yeah, he's running a little late. But um, I, I watched, uh, got back into watching the 1985 run of the WWF. So um, I started in 1982, and I've taken a little break lately, but I've just started getting back into it. And um, there's just some fantastic little bits of booking. But basically, in the last couple of months, they did a, a live... Uh, Tuesday Night Titans in Vegas um, and they played the body rules. They had Jesse the Body Ventura, one of my absolute favorite wrestling personalities. Um, yeah. And like, I just, I just wanted to I say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the body. <laughs> oh man. We can talk about that later if you want. Sure. Uh, maybe next week the body can come and help us do the intros. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I have my people talk to his see people. If I, yeah, see if our, yeah. uh, our sponsor this week pays for it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Um, but basically, Orndorff just turned babyface. They had a kind of feud with Hogan, uh, with Bobby Bobby the Brain kind of pushing it a little. Um, he was working with the Brain and with Big John Stud, and basically he'd fired he'd fired Heenan within the last few months, and then they kind of just pushed his pushed his turn. Um, but he got thrown off. Uh, he got fired on on Tuesday Night Titans, and Heenan had a massive hissy fit, which was like awesome. <laughs> um, and then, like you know, the next the next one that I really really remember enjoying was that Vegas one, and he's there with Big John Studd at the end, and they're talking to like live people in the audience and saying all sorts of dumb shit. And like, if they don't get torn to shreds by Bobby, they get torn to shreds by Jimmy Valiant, who's who's doing all the interviewing which is fucking hilarious i feel like i feel like the older you get as a person the more you uh, appreciate those older years well there's 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 nothing for me to sink my teeth into character wise like i love pure wrestling yeah and i love character based interactions within pure wrestling like i love the idea that if, if today we had the majesty of you know this 1985 period where i was just watching like imagine if someone like Daniel Bryan had to wrestle his way that he does kind of today against something crazy like the missing link. Like he's just been yeah. bought in. He's who, cause Bobby needs more, more muscle around him. But like, that's a whole crazy story. If, I encourage people to go and see the missing links debut, which, which 
if anybody wants, I could probably put some footage up on Russell Savage. Oh, fantastic. Sure. 500 followed page. The number 718th ranked wrestling page on Instagram. <laughs> on the rise up from uh, uh, around 3,000 a year or two ago. Big so, moves. yeah, big, big numbers, big, big moves. But uh, I think speaking of big moves, actually, uh, yeah, 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 I'm here. Yeah, totally. All right. Oh, yes, I'm ready. <clears throat> fucking Tommy, we're here. Oh, man, fuck. There's Arnie. There he is. Fucking look at him with this big stogie. Yeah, I've burned your freaking eyes out with my stogie. We're going to start the ECW. It's yeah, bullshit. Because we, we can't start it without a uh, bunch of freaking choir boys. God. Okay, here we go. You ready? You on zero? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. This is this hardcore. T- yeah, TNN. Yeah, hardcore TNN. Hey, who yeah. the hell are you? You, you, are my clone running around trying to be me. Arnie, have we started yet? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, come on, yeah, Arnie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not yet. No, no, no. Get to the get to the zero zero oh one hundred hours. Yeah, audio come check. On. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. On, the, on yeah on three two one yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Arnie. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. 25 hours of extreme wrestling for one extra hour of extreme wrestling. Three, oh. two, one. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Yeah, we got it. Hey, man, Arnie just left like that. Fuck, that's a big hammer. Thanks, Arnie. Yeah, see ya, Arnie. Don't get in a crash. <laughs> Don't run over any fans. See no. What we're seeing now oh, is Raven. the end of last episode. Mm. Mm-hmm, iconic, mm-hmm. iconic ECW moment. Speaking of iconic Raven moments, we are going to do a special <laughs> podcast sometime in the future right. yeah. with our good friends, the Australian Wolf and uh, Mark Williamson tuning in, being there live. We'll be bringing you that, that in the not-too-distant not future. For the yeah. 1.3 million listeners that we have, <laughs> we'll have them all tuning in. So here we are, Raven, uh, Raven holding the belts out again. You said it was the most iconic moment, or one of the most iconic moments. Yeah, this one is of... this is Raven's shock return on the night that the Dudley Boys were leaving with the tag team titles to go to the WWF. And man, look at Tommy Dreamer just selling it so well there. Yeah. You know, he's fucked. He's got to team up with Raven, and Raven's back to just ruin his life. <laughs> Everyone's so happy. Raven's just got a big shit eating grin on his face. You know, <laughs> what a moment. What a fantastic moment. <laughs> Mixed emotions with Tommy, really, isn't it? Well, this, fuck. <laughs> this is possibly the greatest long term story feud. Yeah. And, and what a, you know what? I love the way that Heyman found multiple ways to have odd couple tag teams. Yeah. Like, remember when Candido and Lance fought each other for the tag team t- championships whilst they were the tag team champions yeah. with other yeah. partners? <laughs> like, just brilliant stuff from Heyman all the time. Yeah. Just beginning to end for ECW, it's just whenever Heyman had the book, yeah, it was just fantastic. There was, a, I mean, I guess there were a few little odd things. Oh. The greatest theme. That's the theme I like to hear. Yep. <laughs> it's my ringtone for years. <laughs> oh. 
like we mentioned every single time, the music of ECW was just fucking incredible. Yes. The music is what really brings us together with this too. It's like, man, the podcast's about. Yeah, the podcast of us, us, wrestling, and life. Life and music. Life, music, and wrestling. (laughs) Friendship, music, and wrestling. (laughs) That's right. We're sponsored by... We're sponsored by Mortal Kombat's Friendship. (laughs) That's right. If you're looking to put a little bit of spark in your friendship, go on down to Mortal Kombat's. We'll fix you up a friendship. Well, again, if you are a little person, we will fix you up one free largality. (laughs) Oh, Jeeps, I'm looking at you. Is, um, Is friendship a genre for podcasts? I hope so. So we're moving into it. One. We're moving into it. That's it. Friendship. Oh, that's ours. Friendship. That's ours. Friendship podcast. Yeah. Hope it's not an exclusive uh, a club. Unlike the exclusive <laughs> club of sick motherfuckers who enjoy listening to ECW music. How many bands do you think you've discovered? What, what are your top? What are your, what are your top themes? And like, what are the things that you hear? And they just totally remind you of, of ECW straight away. Well, I think we'll agree. White Zombie. Oh, man. Every pretty much, time. Pretty much, pretty much anything. And also, Rob Zombie's Dragula. Anytime yeah. I hear that, instant ECW memories. I think I'm more so, I'm more so on the White Zombie because there was so much use of it in like the 95, 96, like all the stuff off Man. Astro Creep and stuff yep. like that. Yeah, they go really. And Heyman would use the remix, the remix, like on that remix album, the super uh, super sexy swinging sounds. He used to use that for like the ads and shit. Yep, and um, like fuck, you just hear Rob Zombie on every fucking episode. (laughs) Well, you would because of the intro as well. I think my one of my favorite White Zombie songs. I will totally fuck this up because my memory is atrocious. Um, it's called like Milk Blood Love. Something blood, like milk, and, blood, milk, and sky. That's it. Blood, milk, and sky. There you go. I really love that. That's that's one of the the best. Yeah. And that's one that I don't hear that often, but I I will seek that out, and it will give me mad ECW chills. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like fucking Y2J used um, the Electric Head Part Two, I think. Mm. That's always one of my favorite favorite White Zombie songs, and um, I think Eliminators as well. <clears throat> they had like Real Solution Number Nine. Wow, that's a sick song as well. Okay, so they're just way just like I know it's there, but like I just don't. Pitbulls had Thunderkiss '65, but that was also the hardcore TV intro as well. Yeah, Lance Storm. He had White Zombie as well. Like, fuck. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the band really that I I would I would associate the most. ECW. I mean, whenever I hear Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple, I'm always just like, yep, man. I- I have been, I have been on that. I've been on a jam on that for months. I yeah. love. It's funny because like I kind of deep dive deep purple for a while, and um, that that banger is just. I, it's their biggest song to me. Yeah, it's such a great song, but always just every time just think about Bam Bam and franchise. Yeah, <laughs> and we get treated to an ECW action figure advert thanks to Pancake oh. Patterson, another unofficial sponsor. <laughs> Of the friendship podcast, 
Savage Tales, the podcast about friendship. Friendship. <laughs> Extreme friendship. <laughs> and metal. <laughs> oh. I mean, what we were talking about the other day, the um, Simon Diamond's theme song. Oh, absolutely. Like, every time we... That's just it's funny because it that, that band really doesn't come up a lot, but I added it to a playlist on Becca's Spotify, and then like it just starts just playing randomly sometimes. And then I'm sitting there, like, Yeah, who the fuck's this? <laughs> oh, wait a minute, like, yeah. <laughs> such a strange band. Uh, Drain SC, I think it's Drain Stock, I think it stands for Stockholm. It's like Drain STH, I think. Yeah, that's it. it there it is, Stockholm. Stockholm. They had like their next album was called Let's Wrestle afterwards, but they had that Simon Diamond theme on it. It's just such a great song. Yeah. It's called Simon Says. Simon know, Says, yeah. Simon Drain Says. Stockholm. Simon Says. Yeah. It's just a cool banger, but it's one of those songs that just got lost in the shuffle of all that kind of cool new metal, whatever it was, music, you know, in that era. Yeah. Um, it was funny because we both, we, we both, Put that old, the uh, the pay per view one. What one was it? Massacre on Thirty Fourth Street. We just put that yeah, the two thousand to watch. And and the moment Simon Diamond came out, both at the same time, we're just like fucking sick theme song. <laughs> exact same song. Yeah. Well, so we've got Rhino and Super Crazy in the ring now. If yeah. you're watching along, if you can't hear from the blaring stereos, <laughs> letting you know that we're watching wrestling and yelling at each other like we used to. <laughs> I mean, we still do. We were literally just watching Simon Diamond and that do it the, with the theme a few days ago. Like, we still yeah. call each other and watch a lot of wrestling and just enjoy a natter. That is our life, really. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely a big part of it. Whenever I'm home from work, DCW goes on usually, or the, rec- the records or ECW go on. That's a oh, given. And uh, speaking of records, I'd just like to talk about our sponsor, Donnie St. Michael's Nightmare Assassin's Law Firm. <laughs> if people aren't giving you the latitude, Donnie St. Michael will send his Nightmare Assassin squad out on you. That's right. In fact, these guys promise a resolution because they are the sensations of the nations and the pearl of the Orient. What a great guy that guy was. Oh, man. Michael, he was my manager once. Got me out of many jams, legal great situations guy. that I've never been in. <laughs> <laughs> so he sponsors the weekly one, two, three. Yes. Of this episode. <laughs> yes. So I'm just going to go with uh, the top three, top three albums I've been listening to this week. Number one. Not that you have to listen to him, but just... Figured I'd let you know. Number one albums you must listen to, or I will send Rhino from this period of ECW to your house to break the fucking legs. <laughs> uh, first is Sodom is better off dead. Um, yes. So this is a thrash album between Agent Orange and Tap in the Vein. Two great fucking thrash classic albums. Um, I think Orange is the best sometimes. one. Oof. Agent Orange, all the way. It's hard for me to choose any Sodom album, to be honest. <laughs> just give I mean, you Sodom like... all the time, just all day Sodom. I want Sodom now, uh, every day, just Sodom, Sodom, Sodom. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know what you're hinting at. Too. Well, they're a good band. Get your yeah. mind out of the gutter. Leave the gutter for Dinklage. 
<laughs> yeah, fuck him. Um, so yeah, there's some great tracks on there. There's a great Thin Lizzy cover on there of Cold Sweat. Whoa. Um, cover of Turn Your Head Around by Tank. That's also great. Um, the title track, Better Off Dead, is just fucking killer. Just listen to it if you love heavy fucking German thrash, I suppose. Then who doesn't <laughs> love heavy German thrash and a bit of Sodom? And yeah. number two. Lawn Mower Death. Yes. And their new album called Blunt Cutters. Uh, Blood Cutters. Blunt Cutters. Blunt Cutters. All right. Yeah. I don't so, know about this. This is their first since 93. Yeah, so fuck. quite a while. First I've heard of it. So it's been out since the 28th of January, so it's only just come out. Stop so. sleeping on it. Yeah, is it sleeping, is it not so. is it worth not sleeping on? It's worth sleeping not sleeping on, on. Yeah, it's some great crossover. Um, so it's been it's number one on the on for metal on uh, iTunes and Amazon when it That's first great. came up. So not bad for them. <laughs> some old old rock old thrashes there getting their crossover on again. So yeah, uh, number three. Um, so this is a band that number came three. From, yeah, so I was so late on that one. Yeah, don't fire me. You're getting close. I hear Swoggle. I hear Swoggle's looking for some work. He's, <laughs> I heard he's on the shortlist for this podcast. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> not a long line. <laughs> to discuss his uh, little beef with uh, Dinklage. Number three. <laughs> so this is a uh, Blazing Stone Damnation. Uh, so this is a band by. Uh, this is a. Uh, how do I describe him? He's a sort of a shut-in that loves to just play music and write music. And um, he's from another band called Rockerollers that Adam introduced me to, um, which I've just found amazing and everything he does is great. So, um, yeah, this is his new release with his new band. And I could just describe it as Happy Pirate Metal. <laughs> That's all I could really describe it as. And yeah, it just makes me feel happy when I listen to it. So yeah, I'd I'd recommend that one if you want some uh, jolly rogering. Jolly rogering. <laughs> so when you when you're done with the Sodom, get a jolly rogering. Get your jolly jolly roger on. Yeah. yeah, jolly roger on. Do they ever play live? And that's like their their mosh pit. Yeah, is that how it goes? Yeah. I mean, there's a song called Raiders of Jolly Roger on there, which I really like. I feel like it's a really catchy song. Raiders of Jolly Roger. I'm going to listen to that immediately after this podcast ends. Yeah, it's a, it's a sick song. It's my, it's my favorite song off the album. I, I, and much... I, I ordered the uh, ordered the vinyl too. It's a really nice shiny gold. So, Ooh, shiny gold. Yeah, so that'll be coming soon. That's pretty cool. I'm glad that he's uh, doing well and, and, and doing vinyl. I wish that he didn't re-record Rock and Rollers. But... um. Whatever. Yeah, shame. But I mean, I still got. We've still got those. We've still got the original albums. We can listen to that when we want. <laughs> yes, we can. We don't have to listen to the the George Lucasing of it. The George Lucasing of it is definitely what happened. <laughs> That's a good relevant thing to say because I really don't like George Lucas's uh, redoings of Star Wars. Although <laughs> I will tell you, if you also don't re- uh, like them that much, you should definitely find the unfucked editions. Google the despecialized Star Wars and find, um, I think it's Hammy or Hami's despecialized Star Wars and find the giant, uh, giant download for that and get, he restored it from the original film. You should check it out. I'm still yet to grab those. You should definitely <laughs> so, check those out. 
Speaking of pirating, noted here now. <laughs> yeah, talking about pirating. Yeah, you like you brought that in well. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's why you pay me for this, this luscious podcast of yours. Speaking of luscious, we're we're getting told about what's coming up. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, this is a Masada Tanaka, Mike Austin man. Yeah, this is probably one of my all-time favorite matches. Mm. I'll show anyone this match if they ever if they ever ask. I'd, this is probably the one I'd pick. <laughs> don't don't show J don't show JBL this match. <laughs> <laughs> So we apologize in advance if we uh, go a bit quiet or maybe... Uh... There is no such thing as quiet on this podcast, my friend. That is not happening. We, we're just in awe of this match. But I'm not saying it's going to happen, but just I'm apologizing in advance. This is why people should hire me for commentary. Mike, awesome. Catches Mike. There. No, don't hire me for commentary. I suck. <laughs> yeah, I'm fired. Done. Fired. No, I'm just fucking yeah. with you. Fired. I'm just fucking with you. Fuck off, Vince. <laughs> yeah, Vince, we can't afford you, man. Podcast expenses. Slingshot over the ropes, and he hits him with a gorgeous shoulder tackle. Shot off the ropes again. Awesome comes down with a big awesome splash. splash. Fuck. And that's it for Tanaka, but he kicks out. This is what, this is what everyone came for. This the commentary of this match. This is what this is what's going to grab people in. I'll put it in the description. <laughs> that will not sell them at all. <laughs> Huge clothesline, turns him inside out over the top rope. Masada Tanaka unfortunately clipped his ankle there. I don't know if he can recover at this point. Orsa's clearly got him. He's, he's fucked his ankle. He's just come straight down. Yeah, oh, look at that. Man, you know what? Insane, you know, insane. This is like my favorite, one of my favorite matches of all time. Really, when you think about it, most, most awesome Tanaka matches were just fucking excellent. Mike Orson legit just knocked himself out on that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, if I was being paid, I'd cover it up. But because I'm not, and you don't pay me enough for this podcast, shoot. You know what? We've got to, just, we've got to talk about that, man. You know, popping into slice of that, that what, how much was it? Six billion listeners? Yeah. Yeah. Around yeah. about. Yeah, six billion good, listeners. I want to chunk of that. Two episodes. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm buying, I'm buying a Bugatti next week with some of that money. We do, we're doing better than fucking Joe Rogan. At the it's not as good as Mark Williamson's money from Amazon. Motherfuck, man. Still waiting for that to clear for me. <laughs> my, my, my. He said he said he put it in claw bonds and some kind of NFTs, and apparently I, um, my soul belongs to him, but I'm not really too sure. Shit. So, so like, soul's, in, soul's in that NFT now, is it, or something? I have no idea. Like, I'm, I'm just waiting for the, the, the next confirmation email. Right, yeah, but I've been, I've been, yeah. They they got me to de- to debug a game that they're going to release. So what's that? Oh, I can't tell you confidentiality agreement. Oh, you know, come on. No, the claw are pretty heavy. I can't actually. Sorry, man. <sighs> Just enjoy this, Mike Watson match. <laughs> secrets. I want secrets. <laughs> oh, awesome! Just got a whole crotch. In the face, yeah, man. What about Austin's mullet? Where do we where do we rank it in the mullet rankings? Oh, I rank. Oh, here we go. Slingshot to the top. Oh, dive into the crowd. Oh, it's probably one of the best mullets. I reckon it's rivaled by Eddie Guerrero's. What about um Bobby Eaton's mullet? 
Mm. What about those mullets were when mullets were sort of fashionable to have? Okay, okay. When when Awesome and Guerrero had them, they were sort of not in style anymore, I reckon. Okay, so between the security guard has a pretty good mullet too, I would say. Oh shit. Okay, okay. So (laughs) between where would you rate Mike Awesome in between Tiger King being, you know, like uh, let's say the Tiger Kings is the worst. Yeah, and then um, Oliver Tree's current Cowboy Tears mullet is the best. Where would you rank Mike Awesome in between there? Over Oliver Tree's. Over Oliver Tree's fantastic blonde luscious pole yeah. cut mullet. You're <laughs> yeah. out of your mind, dude. I suggest you watch his Arizona iced tea, not a sponsor. I think I think if you Google mullet, Mike Awesome does show up. That you is- should anyway. That is not true. You're going to re-listen to this later. You're going to Google Mullet and you're like, fuck. Nah, it'll be like a butch lesbian that looks just like Mike Orson. <laughs> and then you'll put your contact lens in. You'll be like, oh, shit, that actually is Mike Orson. Yeah. <laughs> awesome bomb time here. Into the corner. What would After this one... Would you have a good memory of the awesome Tanaka matches? After this match, which one? What, what would you? What would? Yeah, what one would you put after this one? Fuck a stuck then. Yeah, that was pretty impressive actually. I thought you were doing a what, 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 what? <laughs> rewind. <laughs> I thought you were doing a fantastic Baba Ray Dudley impersonation. <laughs> uh, well, my f- 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 favorite Masada uh, Tanaka match. Um, I like when he beat. Um, no, I like I like the one night stand one. I honestly, I yeah. think that's that's probably my favorite of all of that. I think that's that was I think that was the point I was going originally going to make when I said about this match. I was going to say the one night stand one's pretty fucking great too. A bit like you said earlier, man. Like they're all decent matches. Like yeah. Mike Awesome is an incredible wrestler. It sucked that he got squished by Kevin Nash. Uh, when he first went to WCW, who towered over him because yeah. Awesome was yeah. big in ECW, but that's because a lot of the guys weren't. Yeah, it's kind of <clears throat> similar to Wardlow in um, in AEW. Kind of, he he looks big as long as he's in there with some of the smaller guys. And he is huge. I'm not saying he's not. Like Mike Awesome yeah. is huge too. Because he got a little. It just it, it wasn't a good comparison putting him in there with Nash straight away, and then they no. moved him into that. Unfortunately. Here we go. Here we go with what? A huge powerbomb. Can he get him over, though? Mike Watson's a heavy boy, and he spikes (sighs) him down on the back of his neck through the table. I don't think Mike Watson could recover from this. It's all over for Mike Watson. The fans here are loving it, but I don't think that uh, Mike Watson's cranium is loving it right now. He may be (laughs) on another planet. I think the mullet padded his fall, I think. Possibly the mullet could have padded his fall. If he had a bigger, more... Well teased out, Oliver Tree mullet. I think perhaps he could survive the fall. More helmet-like with the the, the bowl cut would probably be a more sophisticated mullet for a bump like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, some other good classic so, matches between these two as well. It's that that one where Tanaka wins the belt as well from Awesome on TNN. This one later on. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I'm just teasing you. Yeah, and awesome double crosses him and power bombs and through a table while he's wearing his belt. Yeah. They these guys really just were great opponents. Yeah. 
Like, I think the from working together in FMW, and yeah. like, man, ripped ass Tanaka now, not the the burnt skeleton that he's become. Yeah. <laughs> Huge forearm there, and Mike Awesome is, oh man, he was just awake enough to get his leg up, but just just not enough home after that cranium scrambler through the table. Like, I actually think that took it out of him. I think it's over for him right now. Yeah. I'm watching this match live <laughs> for the first time, by the way. <laughs> Tanaka's a sick motherfucker. He's just set those chairs up. Just it's all over now. Um, speaking of all over now, things that uh, can be all over very quickly, how was your King Parrot show of Absolute Damnation? That yeah, you, it was fun. Yeah, you... it was pretty good last night, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's me just getting older, but want to go to gigs now. I just want to see the band I want to see and I want to go. I don't want to hang around. And last night felt like that. I was just like, I got there. I thought I'd get there after the first support I played. But they didn't. They're, like, they're running a bit late. So I was just like, fuck. All right. Waiting around. Then my back's starting to hurt. I'm getting old. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to lean on shit. So that's, that circle jerk sticker. Uh, Punk's not dead. It's just old and standing at the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much what was happening. I was just like, fuck. But yeah, once King Parrot... I mean, Bastardizer and, and Flame and Wreckage were the, the uh, support acts. I mean, Flame and Wreckage are just... They blow me away every time. I should listen to them a lot more, but like, they are, they're just, they're great. And so are Bastardizer. I mean, I think they need some material, but they still, they still put on a fucking hell of a show live. And, uh, uh, Matt, he wasn't on the base yesterday. They had some other guy who rivals Bill's fucking foofy hair. Okay. So they've got like two paddle pot lions playing in the band now. The the fussy hair of Bill is so essential to bastardizer. Mm-hmm. Like you can't have bastardizer without. They it. even got a, they even got a shout out from King Parrot. Fucking Matt gave a shout out. He's like shout out to Bill from Bastardizer. It's the greatest head of hair I've seen in my life. How do you get it so soft? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. It is soft. He'll let you touch it. He's an amazing that man. Boy. In all of the gigs I did, that man is the most amazing of all. He ranks at the top of the list of like easiest to chat to, chillest dude, just nice, supportive, fucking just 100%. He was one of the nicest people in the whole scene. And like he's in one of the most brutal, bastardizing bands. You will become a bastard just from being at one of those gigs. They will make you a bastard. You could, be- you could best describe him as like thrash and roll. I guess that's sort of the. Would that be the kind of the way you describe them? They're a bit. If you, if you turned anti nowhere league into a bunch of speed fed venom babies and turned the sinister up to eleven, that's bastardizer. They are they and they they are Aussie as fuck. Their their songs are amazing, uh, particularly bareback in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're just a great actor. They're great. Uh, uh, their records are really cool. I advise everybody that likes a bit of metal that if they haven't heard of them to listen to Bastardizer. Um, hit sure. me up if you want the the rare split that's sitting in my uh, in my garage for the distro I used to run because I put I released a bar, helped co-release a Bastardizer record or semi-funded or whatever the fuck they needed help with. 
But I was like, lost it. I was like, yes, this will increase in value. <laughs> Done. But yeah. King and Parrot. pull it up. Yeah, anyway. King Parrot, of course. You can't not talk about them when you talk about Aussie Metal now because they're just the fucking... The pinnacle. They're, they're just the best band to fucking go and see live. You, you're missing out if you don't go and see them. Even if you hate the music, just, Why hang, around, just hang around for the fucking the stage banter. Because my... You know, I was... I try not to headbang too much now because I know it gives me a fucking horrible headache when I do it too much. Oh, man, and in the gig. house. Yeah, if I drink too much beer and headbang too hard, which I, I do tend to do, I find like I do have that bang over in the morning. Damn. So I was trying my hardest not to fucking headbang so much, but I couldn't fucking help it. But then also my jaw hurt from laughing so much at their on their onstage banter. It's just just incredible. And like they were saying, they should release a, uh, a spoken word live album. They must. It should be sick. It would be fucking amazing if they did. <laughs> so yeah, that was last night. And um, yeah, I wasn't disappointed. Completed my uh, 12-inch collection of theirs on vinyl. Got their first album, Bite Your Head Off. On a ruby red 180 gram vinyl. So I'm pretty happy about that purchase. When we played with them... Um, I bought the record and then like he, he like refused to let me pay for it and like gave me like um like a mad single of theirs. Yeah. And um, yeah, I gave him a bunch of greater merch. I think he wore. I think yeah, he did. He did yeah, he wore. Yeah, he wore the uh, mutation the mutation, mutation shirt when he was on tour with um Anselmo. Yeah. Like an absolute legend. But like, what yeah. a sick cunt! Like. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you were just, just like, absent man shirt, I'm going to wreck it at a gig one time. Like, what a sick gun. Yeah, 16, like, Vermont's still wearing it and shit, too, overseas when you did the split with them. Like, when you'd see photos of them, like, in the States. Yeah, that was still wearing great merch. Just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> man, they were just dudes. Like, it was just so cool to meet them and do that split and, like, to meet people that had just been all around it and they were still just chill to just kick it and that last minute that fucking yeah. last minute gig you that was put on at the Lewisham do you know that's actually one of the craziest things I've ever seen at a gig so we we were on stage playing yeah. circle pit and inside the circle pit <laughs> there was a circle pit going the other way <laughs> and a guy dived into the state into the circle pit and he hit the pit and it carried him one way and then he clipped his leg in the middle and it carried him into the middle and then he ended up the center of a double circle pit. I would have been in that. Yeah, you I think, were I think that would have been my time and I would have I was pit, doing pits. That was crazy. There was so much stage diving that night. I think that was we because they came in and they had this gig at Clash was another gig and they played with a couple of big bands, but they were kind of unknown. And the venue was way too big and the tickets were too high. And it it was worth it for the three international acts, but yeah, it was going against something. And so Vermont didn't get really the payout on kind of the guy kind of, I don't know what happened there. Actually, I'm not really going to comment on it. They they didn't get the payout that they were expecting. I think so the gig was gig was grave, wasn't it? Yeah, grave primate, and yeah, yeah. and yeah. which should the have been pro- huge. The primate also featured Bill from uh, Mastodon as well. Yeah, so. from Mastodon, it should have been massive, but like. Yeah. There was just issues with that tour and like that leg hadn't been as well promoted as I think they had hoped. And 
just whatever happened, happened. But um, yeah. Vermark ended up not going to their next gig or something like that. And we organized a flash gig for them for the next day. And I managed to get a favor at the, the old Luo and get the word out. And we, yeah, we had the whole fucking, all, all the diehards showed up that usually come yeah. to disintegrate a gig. And um, then, then some extra 80 or so people. And there was like three or so, three or so hundred people in that tiny little room. And that was just a good sweaty, you know, mosh yeah. pit, death wheel pit. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. But um, Vermont taught me so much about entertaining and how to keep the crowd pumping and how to structure a set list and everything. Just sitting there under their knowledge tree was really incredible. Yeah. And holy goddamn shit did Ash Music know how to merchandise and make a buck off of so much. Like he was selling um, cards. You could scan barcodes and um, the mobile scan things on and, or enter a code on a website to get albums and they were credit card shaped. <laughs> Guys were like, like, like I watched a drunk guy walk up and they were like, um, oh, I can't buy a CD. I'll crack it. He goes, oh, I've got these uh, CDs here, man. It shows him his credit card. So yeah, it's this. So you can buy a discography for fifty bucks. Like it was so good. It was so well organized. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really sick. And he gave me one of those um, those Vermont cards to download music um, when we were when I bought a bunch of shirts and stuff off them. Uh, and after I downloaded the music, I, I stuck like an old magnet on the back of it with some crazy glue, and still I still have it on the fridge. Huh. So I got a, a laminated Vermark uh, with the Godzilla drawing. That was like my favorite shirt of those. <laughs> with the Godzilla nice. shop that they had for the Australia and Japan tour. <laughs> so we've got Van Damme and Jerry Lynn at the moment. They're going at it. In the, uh, in the riot center, the ROH riot center, as I always <laughs> remember it now. <laughs> Pretty sure I saw a guy cosplaying as hat guy too in the crowd. Because, of course... There's always someone dressing up as hat guy. That should be a tradition that keeps going. People need yeah. to need to cosplay more ECW yeah. oh. fans. Jared's head got crushed there. And I don't mean Matt Cardona. He needs to stop cosplaying, come up with a real gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I reckon I should talk about my uh, best worst Aussie mem- Aussie wrestling memories now, I reckon. Yeah, you reckon? Is that a good good idea? Should we warn people at home? Is this a is uh, is, is, is this a story that just could, listen with your own discretion? Listen with your own discretion, and also if you are operating heavy, any heavy machinery, and um, you don't want to die laughing, possibly don't listen to this story until you know you're on your lunch break or whatever, you're stationary. <laughs> I think mean, we've got right. sixteen trillion. What was it? Seventeen trillion um, uh, listeners now. Yeah. Unique listeners, yeah. Yeah, 17 so trillion not, unique listeners. We're in space and shit. Like, we're not even... We brought yeah. out of Earth now, so I guess yeah. everyone's going to hear this. So, I mean, we don't want to bring the end of the universe from this story. Yeah, I mean, those those Alpha Centurions might get really <clears throat> pissed off out there yeah. in Andromeda. All right, so prepare yourselves. <laughs> so this was at Supernova um, 2009. So Supernova here in Australia is like a our sort of comic book convention kind of thing. And yeah, so AWF were in charge of that. Oh. If you're wondering, those at home, AWF is an abbreviation of awful, as in the most awful wrestling that's ever happened in the world. Do not watch it under, <laughs> under pain of death. All right, so. 
he used to be in control of the uh, supernova booking so whenever he'd come up to Queensland he'd use some of us so it'd be about maybe five or six of us maybe seven of us and we'd go up against a couple of their guys maybe he'd wrestle each other and just do mixed matches or whatever and how many stars out of five would you have given those matches all ones, probably. And twos. All ones? Ones All and twos? One, one or twos, no, yeah. Number twos? No spectaculars. Yeah. All yeah. number ones and number twos? That's, yeah. Happening in that ring? Okay, a cool. lot, yeah. There was, a lot, there was definitely... I mean, there might have been a number two in the next in the next show, but we'll get to that. But, um, so, like, day one featured a, a great moment, um, which I find in, uh, in, in PWA Queensland Wrestling, is when we... Uh, we changed Coyote's entrance music to uh, Old MacDonald Had a Farm. <laughs> and that was totally Davis's idea. He sent me the audio file that morning. Oh, man, we, just dunk we, in a minute. We, we, yeah, I'm going to dunk him straight in it. Because oh, <laughs> who else would have picked that song? So Davis oh. was like, oh, we're going to change Coyote's music to this today. I'm just like, oh, fuck. So there is, there's Coyote, you know, fucking getting ready and, and psyched up. I'm in the match with him, by the way. I'm teaming with Corey J. Rush, so. Amazing match. It was that a, was two on, a two on one match. And yeah, so this old McDonald had a farm hits and Coyote just looks over at the fucking, the music desk. <laughs> and if looks could fucking kill, like, holy shit. Like, but that just set us off. That just got us laughing even more. And, um. Yeah, he's like, yeah, the music guy. He just looks pissed off and he's trying to like play along with it, but like, yeah. So it was just so funny. And we, I would have cut a promo on it. Yeah. I would have cut a promo on it and blamed it on you. And so, like, I'm his opponent. So, out. I'm his opponent. Yeah. So, um, so even so, before that, fucking um, Esteban was telling me he's got some, um, some special pills. You what? I was like, oh, yeah. I, I, be- I was believing it was something and it was something else. What? But then, but I this got is on the worst to... story I've ever heard. No, but I I'd got like to on. say I that got... the thoughts and expressions to our sponsors, to our valuable sponsors, the thoughts and, and impressions of uh, one Elliot Brimble <laughs> do not reflect this podcast and or mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to get ribbed. With, you tried uh, to get ribbed or ripped? I tried to get ribbed. Okay. All right. By okay. Esteban. I'm, I'm <laughs> pulling out on this shit. <laughs> He was trying to convince me that he had uh, an ecstasy tablet. Okay, all right. But it was actually like a sort of a like a Viagra pill or whatever, or like a horny pill. Okay. What? So um, he's like, "I'll take it too. I'll take it too." And he like, you know, pretended to swallow it. And I pretended to swallow it too. And then um, so this whole match, I can watch. This is like in this coyote match. I can see Esteban like with his hand behind his fucking mouth. Like yeah. trying to like laugh because he thinks you know I'm gonna fucking pop a boner in this match. And this you know, this, this is the I've, kind I've, of wrestling I've, that could only take place at awful wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen a guy so excited to see my cock get hard, but you know it never <laughs> happened. Uh, we've hit so, an all-time low in so, this episode so, number three, ladies and gentlemen. So that was a fail there, but then we all went out drinking the night after, and we all got. Just heavily smashed. There was um, Carl Steria was there from Perth. He ended up stealing everyone's hats in this um, in this sort of R and B club. We were like there on the dance floor. He's just taking everyone's hats off their heads. And how he didn't get kicked out was mental. He drop kicked me in the middle of the dance floor. <laughs> Started drinking everyone's drinks like yeah, it was one of those crazy <laughs> nights. So then the next day, like you know, we were just on like the the, 
the Smirnoff Double Blacks. Like, we were just on them all night. So, yeah, the hangover the next day wasn't good. But then and then we you're wrestling. Had, we also had another day of wrestling, so. Yeah, definitely not, not entering the Rick, Rick Flair Hall of Fame for this one. So I probably got about three hours sleep, maybe. And then we had to drive in again to the city. So it was about an hour's drive. And um, pretty much got straight into the matches. And I, I was in a three, I was in a triple threat match with um, Carl Steria and AJ Istria. Fantastic. And, um, you know, I hadn't really thought about it, but, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't done what I usually do after I drink and sort of, you know, flush my system out. So, I mean, it didn't really come to me at the time. So, yeah, we're wrestling this three-way match. You know, it's sort of like a fast-paced match or whatever. I'm trying to keep up because I'm just fucking hungover. I do a, uh, a slingshot leg drop. And as I land, I feel a... I feel a shot. Or what I felt was a shot. So, now I'm thinking, oh, God. Okay. There's some spots coming up where my butt has to be in... <laughs> in some faces, you know, there's a fucking there's maybe a Hurricanrana spot there's maybe a pole driver spot coming up and now I'm thinking, oh god so, so like, you, I, you, I hit you, the leg drop and, yeah. and, and Carl Steria falls on top of me and I like throw him off me, I'm like, oh god and I like panicked mm. and I'm thinking, oh god, I think I've just shit myself in the match so, I'm trying to tell him that I think I might have done it, you know, the spots are still going ahead, whatever, blah blah blah, the match ended I lost or whatever. I like crawled. I like I didn't want to walk anymore in case I felt something, so I just crawled. <laughs> I shuffled to the back, and then um, Davis like looked at me strange, and I'm just like I was like I tried to own it, like it's thinking fuck. If it's happened, it's happened. And I was just like fuck it. I think I've shit myself. Hey, <laughs> Davis is like really, and then goes and tells fucking everyone. David telling people things? No. Yeah, no. No. He would never do that. I could have trusted him with that little little secret there. But no, (laughs) I mean I I I went back I went to the toilet, I checked everywhere, not nothing in sight. There was like nothing there. (laughs) So that's that's the end of that story. So yeah. um, I'm sure there's stories where there's other people that have actually shipped themselves in the ring. But that was a fucking scary moment for me. And Mason will continue to bring it up, even though cool. he knows this fucking story. <laughs> I, I, I believe. I, shit I believe Mason's right, and you did, and he knows that you no. did, and you're just trying to cover it up. So when he's <laughs> on, I'm going to ask him about it. Sure. <laughs> the poo, the poo podcast. Is that what that one's going to be? The poo cast, <laughs> featuring. Um, Lord Mark Williamson, uh, <laughs> the Australian Wolf, Mason Childs, uh, some guy named Elliot, and me, Rad. <laughs> you know what? I want something. Uh, let's get a positive end <laughs> to this. <laughs> I don't want people to uh, finish listening to this podcast thinking about me shitting myself. Allegedly well, or legitimately? Oh, I can't remember. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I, I, I was double. I had double underwear on. Knowing this man, he would definitely safe. admit it and, and probably enjoy it if he had. So I could lean I'll, towards I'll believing to you. Shit. I'll admit to shit. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so you did? No. <laughs> 
all right. Uh, well, what's your give me give me a give me a good story from Aussie give, Western? Give you a good story. All right. Well, this might be a bit of a long one. I apologise because I like tend to prattle on a little. Um, we, can, we can go a little longer. I think I, I think easily my best my best like most positive kind of experience of Oz wrestling is like um, when Mason Childs uh, Australian Wolf when where we met in Queensland at PWAQ um, yeah. when he managed to pull together something that was a lot better than a lot better than other places where people weren't taking it seriously the people that showed up myself included, um, at the point of the show I'm about to talk about, everyone was taking it seriously. Um, I'd had opportunity to be in the ring with really talented wrestlers who were taking it seriously, and it was starting to kind of rub off on me in ways that I didn't really imagine because wrestling for me was like it was a bit of a hobby, a bit of an escape. I didn't really start taking it seriously until sort of around this time and everything sort of started going, hey, man, I kind of know what I'm doing. I'm meeting all these people that they seem to know what they're doing, and this is really good. Yeah. So like the Adelaide guys had started coming in and I'd met, you know, like Jonah and I'd met um, Damien Slater and Robbie Hart. Robbie Hart, the beautiful Robbie Hart. Jason Cooper as well. He Please. Was fucking, he was... If you are an international promoter looking for a good wrestler, look, look, look no further than Robbie Hart. Yeah. Seriously, this guy is so good. And like... um. So, like, there was this period where the guys like that were kind of around and we were watching each other's matches and everyone was watching each other's matches and, like, you felt like the audience was there but also the guys were there. Everyone was very supportive. Like, maybe not everybody in that time. There was a few circles that weren't like that. Um, But they did get kind of infiltrated by those nicer guys at the times, like, you know, your Slaters and whatnot. Because, like, his positivity was infectious. And then, yeah. you know, Mason, again, another guy whose positivity was infectious. And um, I just remember that, Lo- so it was Logan, Logan Diggers. Yeah. Um, there was a big rumble, which I got to help book, which was great fun and, like, you know, took a load off Mason and we enjoyed discussing it. It all, it was then, um, it was the Mango incident with me and you, which was fucking hilarious. So here's a quick yeah. story. That stuck for a long time. Um, I <laughs> hate the flavor of mango because when I learned that we were moving from England in 1992 to Australia, my friend had just told me that I was going to go to SummerSlam with him. And I rode my bike home to tell my mom and she has, you know, a mango there to tell me that we're moving to Australia. So she's like, Oh, it's a mango. Uh, your friend rang and your friend's dad rang and you know, you can't go to SummerSlam because you've got to eat some mango. And I'm like, I'll go to SummerSlam and then I'm eating mango. So, like, whenever I eat mango, it just like breaks my heart. I didn't get to go to SummerSlam. And, um, like, I'm organizing all this stuff. I'm doing all these spots in the ring. I'm helping with all this fucking shit. And then, like, you, you're there with a big Slurpee and I jump out of the ring. I'm like, give me that Slurpee. It's all orange. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Take a big swig. I'm like, mango. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was, like, that was a really good day. So, I, I was traveling with Shadow Phoenix and, um, we had yeah. like you just kept ribbing me about mangoes, and just <laughs> it was just a fucking great life. And there were so many good wrestlers there. Told you about told you about the uh, the next color tights I'm getting made too, and there were mango colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fuck you! You're literally <laughs> ordering mango tights. For <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and then before memes were a thing, I was finding like weird mango clips, and we were sending each other shit. And there was that guy that dressed yeah. in the mango colored bodysuit and he wrote that mango 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 mango, mango, mango. mango. <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> um, so yeah, it was like, like lots of like little things like that were combinating and popping. But then it had been like I'd been watching Slater's matches with Hart and whatnot, and Slater was down to wrestle um, Mason in the main, mm-hmm. and Shadow had that match with um, uh, Pyro at the time. I think, um, yeah, that was, was a four-way, I think. Three or four-way, but they got eliminated and it ended up with him and Shadow. It was just a fantastic yeah. match. Um, yeah. You know, and um, I did the thing with Dubs where Dubs ended up getting – this is one of the coolest things that ever happened. So it was just near Valentine's Day and Mark Williamson comes out with Donnie and they're like, you know, it's um, this hilarious – basically this hilarious manager um, tag match. And yeah. uh, they've Our got – sponsor. Yeah, our sponsor, Donnie St. Michael, now who, who no longer does anything in the debaucherous world of wrestling, and he now defends clients. Uh, you should definitely contact the Donnie St. Michael Nightmare Assassin Squad law firm for all your, all, all your, all your needs. <laughs> um, fucking hell. Um, but basically, it, it was just on Valentine's Day, so uh, Dubs comes out, uh, Lord Mark, and uh, basically says to the crowd, you know, I know a lot of you bogans would have forgotten Valentine's day and your ladies are pretty disappointed. You brought them out to the wrestling. They think their lives can't get much, you know, much worse, but I tell you ladies, I've got a present for you. And all the broads were like, Oh yeah. And like shoving their boyfriends and everything. Like they had the perfect reaction. And then he's like, that's right. And he pulls a fucking dog bowl out of this bag and cracks <laughs> open this pedigree. Cause I bought dinner for all you dogs. <laughs> Boo, just shit's getting pelted dudes are like you can't fucking say that about my missus let's ready to kill him and then the match <laughs> starts so the dog food's there and at the end dub's got dunked in the dog food it was That's the right. stinkiest shit ever by the time i got backstage he's like oh, oh, trying not to vomit wash it himself like why would i do this to myself <laughs> you know and put himself through this hell just to entertain people because he's that much of a pro but like that like pedigree charm it was all sloppy and runny yeah. and got put in the bowl and then in the middle of the ring and he gets his face dunked in it and that place went berserk. It was such a good victory moment. <laughs> um, so yeah, just like all these great matches. And then the main event was, um, was Slater and Mason, which we were all kind of watching. And I remember sort of just going to the crew, like I knew it was coming to the end. And I was just remember like, look, dudes, this is, this has been a fucking great show. Like we've got to let Mason Slater know that they killed it for us. Yeah. And like, so when they got backstage, they were like dead and all that. And, you know, cause they just beat the fucking shit out of each other. Had fucking one yeah. of, in that era, I'd say that was probably one of the best Australian wrestling matches I'd seen and how people don't talk about it is just a testament to like how people don't study when the tables started to turn here and when the wrestling started to get a little better and people started being a little bit more serious because everything pre everything pre Queensland and a lot of the stuff that's still residual since pre Queensland is a little sloppy compared to that, that run there when everyone was taking it super serious and we were, you know, we were in a club fucking packed house. There would have been 800 people in there. We went out to karaoke or something afterwards. Just, and, yeah, in that bar. Yeah, it was just. If it wasn't that many, I'm just embellishing because it was such a great experience. But yeah, I remember I it, it was our biggest. It was the biggest crowd we'd got. But I remember day, just I everything think. going up to it was really good, and just being in that club felt like we were in a venue instead of a fucking ballet hall with no air conditioning. Spirits yeah. were high. We all felt really great about it. Mason had become such a good leader at that point. Everyone had a lot of camaraderie. It was a. It was just a good experience, you know. It was like one of those shows where the crowd were sort of that loud. You couldn't really hear each other backstage. It's, it's mm-hmm. like sometimes it's like that morning side. 
Yep. They knew as well how small that was. Yep. Whenever the crowd were loud there, like in the back, you like just like you had to go out actually go outside to fucking talk shit through because it's just too loud in the in that back room there. And then yeah, hear yourself think. (laughs) Yeah, so we had that whole great show. Everyone everyone worked their dicks off, and then um, then yeah, we gave Mason and Slater a big stand and a you know round of applause after afterwards, and like everyone hung around. We all helped. Most people helped take the ring down, give or take. You know, and then we went. We went down Pretty the club. Sure. Mace, Mason got a, a great photo as well. Of you shotting yourself? No, it, it was of me, Arky, that Harry Hardshaw guy. Oh, that's his and name. Someone else, and he was like, I, as an English man, a Japanese man, an Irishman at a bar, <laughs> just <to> that picture. <laughs> oh, that's right. Fuck. That's his name. I'm pretty sure that was it. Yeah, Harry Hardshaw. Yeah, he was the other guy that was there. Yeah. Yeah. He. I'm sure, he, I'm sure there was someone else in that photo. He looked terrified sure before that match. I'll never forget his face. He looked so terrified <laughs> before that match. He's just there, just going like <laughs> running over all these like crazy spots that like Dowie and Shadow and whatever just lean like. And he's just like. I, didn't, didn't, just I, got, I mean, I got on with him when I spoke to him. Oh, there was nothing wrong. I was, I was English. Yeah, he was. He was yeah, a lovely he was a real, dude, real friendly guy. He was like showing me all these like new like holds and stuff. He's he, like, he was quite like, put cr- this on me and try and get out of it. And he's like showing. Me. I'm like, oh fuck! Like he actually did know. He did actually know yeah. some stuff, which was he knew. Some, he knew some stuff, but he's also very green. And I, yeah. I think he kind of told a few pork pies about being a little less green, which he didn't need to. And that yeah. was my only feedback with him, other than that lovely dude and like. Not like yeah. he did anything dangerous in the ring because everybody could tell that he was a bit greener than he was acting. Yeah. You know, and they all knew what to expect. But like, then these dudes had him eliminated pretty early and what he did, he did really well. And with his, yeah. they kept it within his ability because they all went through the match, which I thought was really to everyone's credit in that. And that's another reason why that show was so good was it was yeah. fucking next to impossible to get ring time. So everybody was so concerned because once we got there, the venue looked so good. The setup looked so good. We were just like, oh shit. And Mason's like, yeah, it's going to be packed tonight. And we were just like, okay, let's turn it up. But that was just the best. That was easily the best experience in Aussie wrestling. Well, I, th- I think it was the inception of Johnny, Johnny, uh, Johnny Squared that night that, that made that show, I reckon. Who? What? Can't. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> we got Sorrow eliminated from that match. That was, that was when um, me and, Newt, me and um, Lucas formed the team at that show. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. also hold, that that's also a a dear show to me as well because <laughs> that's where things sort of did get started there in, in terms of that. But yeah, I I feel you on that. That was a. I think Mason. Yeah, it was Mason would say that was probably one of the best best show that we actually had at the time. Well, I'd hope so because yeah, it was, it was really it was, decent because it was on the road on the way to um, to Warriors as well. I think. Right, right, Rise of the Warriors was like three months after that, I think, or two or three months, maybe two months. Mm. It was like maybe, okay, yeah. So the next show we teamed up. That was that was in that line of things. That was that. <laughs> and that's that's how we became friends. Because otherwise, other than that, I just knew it's that weird kind of like mango. But no, we, were, we, were, we were friends. We were friends when we first. When we first met, though, when you first came up, and I was still just a rookie, yeah, and you'd come up, and we were just talking about like Jerry Lawler and and shit like that, and old, like old school shit, and you were just like, "Oh, you're from England too," like you told me you were like from Kent and shit like that. We just got 
I think we just clicked like straight away like that, even though like I felt like I was just like a, a little rookie, you know, I was only about, I was only training for about maybe two and a half months at that point, maybe. Yeah. I always, I always hated people would be shit for the rookies. Like when there was rookies that had big egos and like, you know, you had guys that were talented and they just had big egos, you know, kind of like not, not the, the Davis that wrestles today, but the Davis that wrestled then and a few of the other guys that were around then. Um, I thought it was like necessary to bust them down a little, but yeah. like, I never understood the, the, the thing of treating kind of rookies like second class citizens. So I was just, you know, like that with everyone, but we definitely clicked really well. Yeah. I'm like, they're, I, they're pretty sure like it was like my space days and <laughs> we like added each other like pretty much straight away whenever you got whenever you would have got back. I think we started talking after that. I think you'd always like check in on like my training and shit like that. Yeah, you always had interesting stories. Yeah. We're like on MSN or whatever. Man, that's a long time ago. Fuck. We're gonna be on like we're gonna be on Meta having like three D conversations and like on on like Pluto soon. Yeah. Back then we were just sitting there on little keyboards tapping away. Mango, 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 mango. That's all I'd fucking get from you sometimes. It's just you copy paste. Good old copy paste. I type it once. Don't don't kid yourself. You are on copy paste mango boy. You're fucking mango. Oh. <laughs> that was such stupid shit to G you off about. What's wrong with mango? The worst. You don't like mango? No. But you never told me why until like fucking ages after. Yeah, never... well it wouldn't have been funny if I didn't yeah. tell you. <laughs> no, I mean but I mean you, like you kept you kept it from you from a long time I always kept inquiring and see why why what you've got against mango so yeah. much and then you just went oh, fine I'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, I made you build it up like, it come on can't fun just tell me what have you got against it I can't I can't just let something <laughs> slip like that from my personal trauma hood nah. <laughs> now you've just shared it with uh 60 bazillion people 60 uh 60 infinity uh 60 Infinity that, listeners now, geez, yeah. We gone that quick? We just went up there. Oh, we're in the multiverse now. Shit, we had like three at the start of this one, and then like six million, and then 60 billion, and then I reported that, and then you just reported Infinity. Like, yeah, yeah. Man. We're going to need to get go a Thanos click up in here to, to get this viewership back down to a, a less egotistical level, man. Man, I think that Raven episode, I don't know. like That Raven episode could... Oof. Could break the the could world end, could yeah, end the fabric end of time. Who would have thought a fallen apart, half organized tour and a poo story could break the internet? But here we go. <laughs> Fuck. So yes, in the future, I can't tell you long how long. It could be days. It could be weeks. We were going to try and record the uh, the hilarious uh, tale the t- tales. Yeah, yeah, a couple of tales. There'll be there'll be there'll be several tales there. I, I think. <laughs> there'll, there'll be uh there'll be two main two main ones I guess we'll we'll bring up but I'm sure like other little ones will intertwine there and don't take these stories as fact these are just our tales perspectives on them yeah these tales. are our tales our tales yes these are our savage tales and uh, with that I think we should cut it and call it a night I think so.
a fantastic podcast with you tonight, yeah. sir. Um, yeah. I think Arnie said he's going to be up in his rates, so we might we might have to replace him next. Oh, shit, next I podcast gonna, might have to get Vince in then. Vince, you reckon? Shit, yeah, no, I don't know about Vince. He might take a bit to coat coats out. Yeah, I'll tell him I'll give him a, a another chin tuck for his new wobbly neck. <laughs> I hope you didn't hear that, Vince. Vince, I'm. I hope you did. He's, you, he's locked. He's locked up in my cupboard at the minute. Vince, I want to meet you so I can yell ideas at you and challenge you. I want to challenge Vince. I want to. I want to challenge him. I wouldn't be meek around him. I want to challenge him. Oi, Vince! Rad wants to challenge her. Yeah, just let me challenge her. Let's do some bookings oh, together. Responding. Oh. oh, sorry, mate. Okay, we'll we'll work on it next week. Yeah, see if we can get a Vince in. Try and try and get him in. Yeah. If not, maybe the Austrian superstar can return. I mean, he he was already late today, so yeah. Plus, he wants more money. I don't know, man. You know, I'd say I'd say he needs to uh, chill out. Yeah, <laughs> that he was so, nice. See, I'm not as good as it as the real army. No, maybe we could get Jesse Ventura in, like you said. Oh, Jesse would be good. The uh, the body. Yeah, the sexual <laughs> tyrannosaur. Goddamn sexual tyrannosaur. Yeah, that'd be really good. Mm. Well, with that, I'd say it's time to do a series of hilarious buys that are no doubt irritating to anybody that doesn't know us. Yeah. And uh, I'll catch you later. We'll see you next week, most likely. Maybe with a better intro. We'll see you in a short time. (laughs) Bye. 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 Get the fuck out of here. Bye. Get out. Go. Bye. 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 Bye.